Okay, so, welcome back everyone. This is Keegan and his wife Julia, here with her and the nerd, and I'm going to be hosting the podcast today. Julia, how are you doing? Today I'm feeling good. I'm a little mm. tired, a little sore, a little sweaty, but that's, you know, that's alright with course. me. That's alright with me. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. A little sore, my quads are sore. So we did... Uh, at the gym this week. Yesterday we did squats. Uh, it was a heavy day. So we did 10, a set of 10, a set of five, a set of three, a set of one, a set of one, a set of one, a set of three, a set of five, a set of 10. And yeah, the ones in the middle. So it was like a reverse curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the ones in the middle, you're going about 90% of your one rep max. So it's a lot of a lot of weight and a lot of reps. But uh, yeah, and then today we did uh, double unders, running, and sit-ups. Double unders are like when you jump rope and it goes under you twice. Um, so yeah, pretty, uh, pretty sore and tired. Feels good though. I'm glad. I love, I think it's like my happy place going there every day. It's so nice. The gym? Yeah, it's mm. so nice to leave the house since we work from home and we're here all the time and see other people. It's been real highlight of late and I didn't go a lot last week because my stomach was hurting so I'm happy to be back in my routine this week tight what's your favorite kind of workouts to do there is there an exercise you look forward to doing I like squats yeah I've always not had a butt so I like doing squats because they make your you stronger make you have a better butt mm-hmm. I know it's a really vain thing to say that's okay um I think your butt's gotten bigger. <laughs> Thanks. Maybe Jeff that's not me. a compliment. I think mus- more muscular. <laughs> no, I know what you meant. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had a big butt, for better or worse. Mm. I don't know. I can't think of anything else. I do like rope climbs or things that help with my upper body strength. Things that are... Oh, I like handstands. I like doing things that are abnormal, but they're also Do you also like the rings? Hard. I would say the rings are my least favorite. Yeah, they're tough. Tough stuff. I like the rings, but I'm terrible at them. Also, like jump roping, but I'm terrible at it. I like stuff that I'm bad at, unfortunately. Why? I don't know. I like progression. I like progression more than I like things. More than I dislike not being good at something. So, yeah, I like to see myself getting better. Because I've been weightlifting for a while, for years at this point, um, pretty consistently. and. Like, lifting is, well, I don't think I'm good at it, but I don't know. I'm, like, already pretty competent, so it's kind of like the whole thing. When you're on a team, you're only as good as your weakest player, weakest link, whatever. I kind of approach it with that. Like, well, if I'm really good at this thing, but I'm terrible this other thing, my average is, is going to bring down my average. So the easiest way to bring up your average is to bring that lower thing up. So you can say that thing from 10% to 60 to 70%, but it's going to be hard to take the 80% thing to 100% harder. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I relate to that. I, it's so funny. It's so funny how difficult the gym is for me, yet how much I love being there. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely the most challenging physically and mentally workout that I've done, and I've been working out consistently for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And last week, I was so pissed because there's, you know, a time cap on certain things, and I didn't make it in under the time cap. And I was so mad at myself because I was the only one who didn't make it. Um, 
And then this week, I'm like on a high because I've never really done double letters before. Like I always just do singles. Mm -hmm. And today I tried them and I was able to do them. And not a lot of them, but it was a win and I was seeing progression. So you're doing great. I was watching you. I would say you were doing like an average of a, a double every three or four singles. So for a hundred, you know, it's between twenty and thirty. I think it's pretty good. Thanks. Yeah, I just think it's so interesting how some weeks I feel like I'm treading water and then some weeks I'm like, Oh yeah, my butt is bigger or <laughs> I did double unders today. Um mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't feel as winded after the run, whatever it may be. It's the little wins, man. Working out's fun. Fun, it's good for you, it's good for your heart, helps your aesthetic, helps your confidence, helps your posture. Yeah. What uh what else has been going on in your life? I guess I feel like we're starting to make friends, which is really fun. That's something that I've been wanting since we moved here over two years ago. (laughs) Mm. And because of the pandemic, it was really, 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 really hard. And I don't know, it just kind of feels like in the last three or four months, um, the friendships that I did have that were kind of just strained because of the whole pandemic have gotten stronger. And then, then, you know, I'm also making new ones. So it feels good to feel like we have a community here a little bit more and have things and have things to do so i guess that's the only exciting thing that i can say um i guess we have or are trying to make plans for the spring which is fun because you know we haven't really been able to schedule like multiple travels you know in a while so We are thinking about going to Las Vegas to meet Keegan's mom and stepdad because the four of us, it's really fun. We'll actually go on a trip once a year and we didn't go last year. So uh, we might do like an early Keegan's birthday because he's turning 30 this year. May 20th, let's go. So we might take a Las Vegas trip early April. I might have my aunt and uncle in town in March, Keegan might be traveling for work Mm -hmm. we're definitely going to be moving so things are about to pick up so i feel like momentum is gaining towards the future but we're kind of in this holding pattern with a lot of things still yeah what's been a big struggle for you this past year oh god (laughs) what i mean let us count all of the things yeah what do you think is uh yeah, what do you think's been the hardest hardest thing? I think I reacted that way because it's been the year of the most struggle of my yeah. life. So it's just funny when you say what's been <laughs> one struggle the last year because I feel like I've really been getting it on all sides. Mm-hmm. And so just narrowing it down to one is kind of funny but definitely it's obvious yeah so the hardest part about the last year so from february 2021 to february 2022 yeah so i lost my grandmother last june and i don't know where to begin but that has kind of derailed my entire life it's a big loss and has forced me into like breaking old patterns and making new ones and doing a lot of 
healing of just not of not only grief but healing of my life uh, and this sounds really dramatic but anyway I yeah kind I don't of just think it sounds dramatic I mean I think when people go through grief um, I don't know as you get older when you go through things I, I say it all the time to Julia but you know things and things happen in life some things are good some things are bad and whether they're good or bad they shape who you are and I think unfortunately a lot of the bad things people go through shape who you are the most so yeah I don't think it's dramatic I think it's a very you know it was a big loss and I think it's it changes who you are for better or worse but it does and it makes you think about things makes you think about life and what you're doing and yeah mortality I think it's turning 30 and losing my grandmother and having that confrontation of oh my god life is so short and you can lose people in an instant everything can change and you know just wanting to make the most of my time here and also reflect on her impact on the world and her impact on me and how I want to be a reflection of her on earth and I want to make her proud in that mm -hmm. and so it's caused me to like deeply reflect on who I am as a person, what is important to me, what are my boundaries, what is my purpose here, what what matters most, and that's just caused like a lot of obvious disruption internally and been quite a journey. Um, I feel like it's still kind of fresh so it's hard to talk about it because i'm still going through it mm -hmm. i'm not like fully on the other side reflecting back sure yeah that's and then fine. i also i have weeks and days that are good and i have weeks and days that um i'm really feeling the weight of it and i'm feeling you know the the bad parts about it you know i do my best to like put a positive spin on things or look at the growth that's happening or look at the upside of things um, a lot of the time and it works for me most of the time to kind of really try to get all the positives around it um, but then there are weeks where I feel kind of shitty mm -hmm. and it gets the better of me and I feel like this is one of those weeks so <laughs> it's yeah. an interesting week to ask one of those questions because every other day I kind of feel differently but yeah it's been a hard year and that's that was my biggest is my biggest struggle yeah and i think part of that too you and i have talked about you know i think you and i've seen it both in in relationships platonic i mean i guess not romantic i hope not if you're married but platonic relationships even their relationships and i think as you get older you know you are drawn closer to some friends and you you know you drift apart from old friends and i know you and i have talked a little bit about that and why do you think that is? Why do you think, as you get older, you know, everyone says you find out who your true friends are, but why Why do you think that happens? Why do you think some friends grow closer and some friends grow apart as you get older? I don't think there's one, one thing. I don't know. I don't know a lot about this because I have, I have kind of a small friend group. I haven't had many experiences like that. It's hard to say because I have respect for everyone in their own life journey, in their own process, in their own way of doing things. 
I feel like it starts with you. As you get older, you're further into yourself, regardless. More years have gone by. You're further along of no, you know, your you relationship you with you yourself. Are right. Better. Okay. You're further along with your relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. and you've, at the very minimum, established patterns or habits mm-hmm. that are pretty deep in there. <laughs> and if you were approached with conflict, struggle, friction in your life. You either deal with it or you ignore it or, you know, whatever those things are based on the habits that you formed over this amount of time. I think there's a distinct difference in the people who want to be aware of their own flaws enough to figure out where they come from, how to do better next time, how to improve themselves for their own for their own sake you know just for having more peace having more alignment and that's you have to go through okay what where where's the friction and why is that happening in your life you have to go the process go through the process of caring enough to look into it and to be self-reflective and to be honest with yourself and to open up a lot of wounds and honestly i just literally the past year opened up every single one of my (laughs) wounds and poured salt on it and then let it marinate overnight like i understand how painful and hard it is to like look at yourself and to come to terms with things and then to come to terms with you know your choice to move forward and I feel like when you go through that process you have a lot more empathy for people a lot more grace a lot more understanding but you also have to learn what your boundaries are and what you do and do not accept from other people because a lot of the place the reason why people get to a certain point in life where they're unhappy or frustrated is because either they have not set boundaries for themselves or they have their boundaries have been violated or they just you know haven't protected themselves that's kind of what boundaries are there for is to kind of keep self-preservation yeah and there's nothing wrong with that that's actually essential and i yeah i just think that your life looks different as you get older if you choose to work on yourself or be self-aware or have those boundaries and then you know if you feel like that who you are to everyone else or the people around you in your relationships and your everyday encounters is a true reflection of who you are and you can feel good about that and i think i think it can be scary for people to see other people going through things or challenging things or going through changes or doing things outside of the norm or just whatever their process is and it and it's it's scary it's scary to look at it's not everyone is open to the idea of growth and reflection and opening up those wounds and figuring yeah, your shit out i think it's very difficult to do for especially after you know you've mentioned putting you know people building patterns and habits and by the time you're mid-20s you know they're pretty well established and by the time you're late 20s you know they're getting solidified and by the time you're you know into your 30s i think they're fossilized Fossilized. yeah (laughs) um yeah so i think it gets harder and harder to extract that and change because yeah with with that analogy of something sitting on the table you just pick it up and a piece of clay you just pick it up and change it and then over time that piece of clay gets harder and harder and it gets more difficult to to change and 
transform. So yeah. Yeah. So I think if you're not in a place where you're receptive to that, it can be hard to have someone around you that is like forcing those uncomfortable thoughts just because we're all mirrors of each other is something that I believe fully. And this has been like a practice. This isn't just something I believe this is a practice. When anything happens in my life where I act like I have like a sudden reaction to something where like I've said something and then immediately I regret it or something like that. Or I'm like, oh, I'm feeling insecure about X, Y, or Z, or I feel bad about this text exchange, or like, why is this happening? If I have an interaction with someone that's not positive, I don't go to first blame that person for something. I go, okay, what about that interaction or that person is triggering to me and why? Why was this a thing for me to get upset about? And then I try to figure out what my projection onto somebody played, what part that played in in the interaction, right? It doesn't have to be, it can be something really, really small. And then I can say, okay, I can learn from this experience. Like next time, next time I'm annoyed with Keegan for leaving his clothes on the ground, I need to look around and see that I have equally the amount of clothes on the ground. This is not my annoyance with him. It's my annoyance that I haven't put my own clothes away and I haven't spent time cleaning. Like I'm projecting that onto him. So I try to practice this, like to see what in other people that trigger something in me, where that comes from and like how my own perception or what I've projected onto that person that may not be true or just as a a point of awareness. So that way, you know, moving forward, if that situation happens again, oh, remember, this is why. And I just think a lot of people don't do that. They don't want to think about their programming or, you know, their thought processes or things they've done in the past they're ashamed of and, and how that affects their relationships. And guess what? All of our past affects all of us now. Like, Things that have happened to us didn't just happen and then disappear. Like, they're there. They're, especially if you have, like, traumatic experiences, that's stored in your body, not your brain. So, like, you, those feelings that you have, like, actual physical reactions and situations, like, that tells you something. And I think a lot of people don't want to look at it or admit it. And I really don't want to come across like I'm judging people because I completely understand it's just well yeah I mean I think to be transparent what do you think this would have been accurate accurate to say of you two years ago I think I've always had some level of awareness about all of this but I don't know if I have actively gone through the process of sitting with things and like reflecting on them and I've been in therapy for a year so yeah I would say that two years ago I wasn't where I am today with really understanding what's important and who I truly am and how I can every single day just be committed to being that person and nothing else and I think that's what the grief of losing my grandmother has taught me because I was in survival mode for at least three months and I really like couldn't function because I was so sad and I had to pick up the pieces from literally just taking care of myself feeding myself 
get like taking showers, like going outside, you know, just the bare, the bare minimum. And then I basically just got to build my life back. And I, I was very strict with myself and my boundaries of just adding things in that made me feel good and not forcing myself into any kind of situations, not doing anything that I didn't feel like doing because protecting my energy was so important because I didn't have any. And anyway, I just think my perspective is so different from two years ago. So I don't think maybe I was 100% aware like I am today, but I think I've always been wise for my age because my parents were in high school and they had me. Uh, hence why I grew up with my grandmother and that's why she was such a force and a huge, 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 huge part of who I am today. She's literally my best friend and my the person I looked up to most. And so I've always been very observant and emotionally tuned in to like where everyone's at. And I've always been very aware. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think even still, I was pushing down a ton of stuff for a really long time. Um, And I can just tell you, it comes to the surface at some point. Mm -hmm. And I was already kind of having revelations. And then my grandmother died and it kind of just like exacerbated everything. Um, And then I turned 30, which kind of like was a transition for me to go through. It, It just kind of all culminated this year. And yeah, so... I'm definitely a different person than I was two years ago. I will say that. Yeah. Makes sense. And I've never felt like that. I've never felt different. Like, I never really felt like any phase of life I changed all that much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And maybe I was just saving it up for now, but... Yeah, and I think going back to uh, to the old clay analogy, I do think one way to expedite more making that clay easier is, uh, is, you know, grief or loss or some traumatic experience. And, um, yeah, but the downside is in that, in that example is you're going to, you know, you can dump water on this fossilized clay, but you're going to have less clay when, when, when it's available. So you're able, you get a chance to rebuild from scratch, but I mean, you have less, less clay because it's been torn away. So. And clay would be time. I don't know. It's like your soul or personality or just your being, who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's been a struggle for you this last year? (sighs) I'm trying to think. I really try my best not to worry about too much that's out of my control. Um, I guess a better question would be what was an opportunity for growth or learning experience that you had the last year that really stood out to you i'm very proud of myself i've i've i think growing to growing in a way that i'm able to listen to other people's opinions without i don't know not lashing out but being abrasive about my opinion even if it is an opposing one and that can range anything from politics to blockchain or nfts or whatever and yeah, I think it's the past two or three years has, you know, I've really recognized that you, you're likely not going to change someone's mind if you have an opposing opinion. And similar to what you were saying is just recognizing that it's okay to have different opinions, it's okay to be in a different places. 
it's okay to have different beliefs and just accepting that and realizing there's a 99.87% chance you're not going to change this person's mind or change who they are. So then that changes the goal of the entire conversation. Once you realize that, it's not how can I win this conversation or how can I be right? It's how can we understand each other better and come to a mutually respectful conclusion to the conversation where you know i understand you better you understand me better and we respect each other's opinions and we can be you know friends regardless because the goal isn't to win it's just well, to understand yeah. I think, the person better i think in summary it is and i'm guilty of this too still sometimes but just not reacting in the moment i mean i think if you regardless of what the differences may be i think i'm thinking i think in every context if you just take a moment whether it's a phone call or a text or you're having a conversation and someone says something, just take a breath or a day and and then respond. It's gonna be much better for everyone. So yeah, I think I think in, yeah, I think that's a quick way to summarize it is people react I think I think it's fear in a lot of ways. I think it's a human response and yeah, you're fearful because you're wrong and you know what it might threaten what you believed or who you support or what you the lack of what you've done um, to grow and yeah I think it kind of all stems from fear yeah so. yeah I think I, yeah we were kind of saying similar things and I didn't really even finish my answer to that because it was so long-winded but I wanted to kind of finalize what I, my thoughts on why friendships as you get older are fewer and far between, I think on the soul deep level that I was <laughs> trying to say, um, in order to maintain friendships for that long, you really have to be able to love and support people through their transitions in life and different stages in life. And I think it's just common interests. And if you're willing to put in the effort, I think it's hard as you get older, if you have specific interests, to find I mean it's easy to find other people with those interests but you it takes effort and it takes you being interested in something enough to have a community around it and then also look up when people are meeting up and then go to do those things or find a gym that's an activity that you love whether it's boxing zumba a running club whatever it a badminton pickleball anything active walking Walking. yeah you could just pick any kind of activity you just have to have interests but then you have to be willing to like follow things through and I just think a lot of people are so consumed with work and have like a traditional work life balance which is there is none and I think through my journey the number one thing that stood out to me is how unfulfilling it is to just be busy all the time and to be a slave to my job that's absolutely not something and I'm privileged to be able to say this but at this point in my life that's not something that I'm looking for at all and I'm literally shaping my entire life around it like our budget for where we can live you know I I have said that you know having a certain amount of free time and being able to have a life first you know is more important than what our budget for buying a house is. And that's tough because we're struggling through that right now. And I really wish that I, you know, had a job that was more demanding and paid better and all of that because then we could afford a really nice place out here. To be clear, I put no pressure on her. I focus on the former. 
Yeah. But it's, I put pressure on myself because I'm like, gosh, Julie, if you could just do what everyone else does and do what you were doing, and if you just stuck with it, like, we'd be able to have that awesome house. But would I be happy? You know, that's the trade-off. And so I have to, my happiness is like my priority now, not like, not success. Success to me is having a life where you are living, not working. Like you are doing more living than working. Mm -hmm. And that is happiness to me. And so because that is my measure of success, which is a lot different than a lot of people's, which is totally fine. And I still struggle with not having that, but that's a priority. And Keegan and I have like worked that into our life and relationship and how we do things. That was a really long way to answer why you lose friends, but I think people just lose interest in similar things or there are less things that put you in common as you get older. And I, th I think a lot of people also don't have the capacity to put in the effort to execute those things or they don't make time to have extracurriculars, which is understandable because they're working all the time. People are unhealthy. People don't have good mental health don't have good physical health, don't have good work-life balance, and hope people know that there are options out there and you can make your life feel however you want it to feel. You just have to get honest about what's really important to you and what's working and what's not working in your life and pursue that. Um, and for me, friendship is a big one. I literally thrive off of the energy of friendships it's the one I think it's like the one thing in life that really brings me true joy is just being around people and having good conversations with people and meeting new friends and just having connection that is so important to me so um I'm willing to put in the time and the effort and but I'm also I am who I am and I want people who are loving and supportive of me the way I am not having to prove myself to, to anyone and feeling like things are mutually reciprocated. Yeah, and this is a good segue to my favorite topic, blockchain, crypto, and NFTs. I think to Julia's point about happiness and you know working all the time, I think we're living in an era, I've said it multiple times on previous episodes, but we're living in an era where this is you can become financially independent if you play your cards right, and that, that's exciting. And I was telling Julia, there was this kid, I saw his YouTube video. This kid, he it was this 12-year-old, he minted these NFTs. I don't remember the exact date. It was, it was within the past year. Yeah, the kid, 12, 12 years old, made 400 grand selling NFTs. And love it or hate it, you think it's a scam, you think it's silly, people are spending money on this. The market is the market, and he capitalized, and you didn't. So I think that's why people are upset about this. But the point is, is like there's massive opportunity right now that will not exist in a year or two. So this is a time for people to build a business or follow the trends or take a risk. What's happening right now in technology potentially gives you the freedom to escape that nine to five if you play your cards right. It might not happen overnight, it might not happen in a month, it might happen in six months, but it could happen in a year, two years, four years, five years if you invest and you wait and you save. So yeah, I, I think there's just ample opportunity for people to escape this nine to five mentality. And to me, that's that's so exciting. If you're an artist, it's never been, there's never been a better time to be an artist, I truly believe, than right now in 2022. 
And yeah. What do you think about that? I think you're 100% right. I think that's the trend that you saw coming five years ago when you went to boot camp and you were like, technology is the future. And I think I just saw the light bulb go off in your head and you'd never been more sure about anything in your life. And it just, it all started then. I think you all, I think you saw this coming. So that's why I'm sitting here today, not that surprised that you and I have a podcast talking about technology and how it's going to influence our world because that is that has been a driving factor of our lives for five years and julia asked me an interesting question um earlier today she was like do you think i forgot the exact phrasing correct me if i'm wrong but it was something along the lines of do you think people in the nft community smoke weed i said yeah i don't think i've been in a spaces a twitter spaces where the phrase i'm stoned or i'm high or someone coughing or hearing a bubbler has not occurred. And I think this, I think it's interesting to see this massive shift of wealth. I think it is incredibly exciting that this idea that you have to go to Yale and wear a suit and work for 50 years, 70 hours a week, I think that's threatening to a lot of people. And that's why I think a lot of people are upset. Um, Yeah, I think it's fucking amazing. (laughs) yeah you're right people are just being smart they're following trends yeah i think that that's when you realized five years ago okay this is where everything's going you've just kind of gone deeper and deeper and deeper into that and it's so interesting to see you i think that's why it's so easy for me to trust you with all this stuff because i feel like you have made incremental steps to getting here I was thinking about it. It's been, it's, it's almost been six years since I went to boot camp, and I mean it's been a, a pretty long journey. And I could have made more money early on, but I don't know. I just never found. I was always passionate about technology and building and programming, but I never found that, you know, never found that thing that was, that sparked my passion um, within technology and, until Web 3.0, and Web 3.0 being blockchain and NFTs, all of that. So yeah, I mean it's it. And I say that to say it's not, this isn't something that happened overnight. This has been a, I mean, it's been a six year journey. Well, I guess I got hard three, but probably like a five and a half year journey. That's a, that's a long time. It's like for me to, for anyone to, you know, keep grinding at this thing and, you know, I was doing well. I'm not saying I wasn't making, I was making good money, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing financially well now and I've staked in multiple um, ventures now and I've made incredible connections that are you know leading this space so and and yeah it's been a long time coming so it doesn't have nothing happens overnight whether you're a writer or a youtuber or a podcaster i mean it takes a long time to yeah figure it out and you've always wanted to play the long game with every decision and i think every single step that you've taken to get you here has been very intentional and well-deserved and you've learned a lot from each experience that's only not all good and you know i think what it's taught you more than anything is just if you're resourceful and if you have a passion for it then you are unstoppable and you are going to be the most valuable resource to any of your employers because not only 
do you have the competent knowledge because what programming is is basically just finding solutions to problems mm -hmm. you know and if you are pers persistent enough and stubborn enough which you are very much of both in a good way like you're gonna find the answer and you're gonna find the solution and you think through things very methodically not only all of that but you literally love it and stay up till two in the morning reading about it and that is just a really rare and beautiful gift and i will say as someone currently struggling with the opposite problem it's so cool watching all of this happen <laughs> for you because you truly do love it and it's really a testament to like if you love doing something then you will be successful at it yeah and i, I do i do want to be very clear i can't remember if i said this in a previous episode but when i was in college i took a programming course I was a information systems management major, and I graduated like a 3.2 GPA, which is fine, which I have no idea how I did that. Um, I think it was pretty much the people I knew. But the, uh, I took, I took, I think one programming course and I got a D. And I was like, I was really excited about it. I was interested in it. And I, I, it was, this was intro to programming. Think about like intro to writing or something. I mean, I got a D and yeah. And I just thought I wasn't, very good at programming, which I clearly wasn't. There's no, there's no gray area here. I got a D. Yeah, I was kind of like, okay, well, this isn't for me. I remember talking to the instructor, William Hooper, at Belmont University. Um, probably has no idea who I am because I was a terrible student. And yeah, I would talk to him after class. I got help, and I just, I programming did not click. I did not get it at all. Anyways, whatever. Now it's ten years later, and. I'm making good money on what some would say is the the cutting edge of technology. So, yeah, the point is in all that is it, it, it takes time. And I think most people, I won't say most people, I think a lot of people are afraid to fail. And it's scary. And if you're not good at something immediately or even within a month or even within six months, you know, they might be deterred. But... I don't know. Yeah, to Julia's point, I have played the long game, and I think that's one of my strengths, for better or worse. I I am extremely stubborn, and if I want to do something, I'll do it, and I don't care if it takes a year or six years. So, yeah. I would probably say determined more than stubborn. You're very determined. Once something is on your mind, you are determined to figure it out, and... I have always been the person who is easily discouraged, especially after failure, if I'm not naturally good at something. Because I really do think that growing up, I thought that like you were either good at something or you weren't. But I mean, being married to Keegan has taught me that 100%. And I'm so grateful because I, I see him do that. I see him not be afraid of what he's not good at. In fact, he embraces it because like he said earlier, he wants to pinpoint his weakest links and make them better. So they're no longer weakest links. And that has definitely rubbed off on me to where I have more determination or resolve to see something through. And I think I'm at the stage where like, I'm finding out what I love and like enough to pursue and to have more structure around and to put in time to become better at even if I'm not good at it, at it now I just want it to be something that I truly do enjoy and love like Keegan does because I think that will obviously 
help the process if it's something that I'm passionate about. So yeah, I, I'm so grateful to have picked that up from him and seen his process all of this time. And I'm proud Thanks. of you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And I will say my two cents is I think people get caught up in what's trending and what's hot. And maybe it sounds counterintuitive to what I said, said earlier, but if you're not if you're not passionate about what what is going on, or at least have the know-how of what's going on, specifically NFTs, then you're probably going to lose a ton of money. Either a you're passionate about it, and you've been following this trend for two or three years, and you know what you know what's happening, or b you've you recognize the trend and you spent weeks or months researching what's going on, or maybe you hired someone to do that for you. But I think people fall in this trap of following what's hot now. And, you know, if you're our age, if you're 30, you've seen that happen. I mean, multiple iterations. We had MySpace. MySpace was hot. MySpace died. If you followed MySpace trend, you'd be shit out of luck, unless you're one of the few bands that made it. Then we had Tumblr. Tumblr was a massive blog. Tumblr failed. If you followed the Tumblr thing or sunk money into hiring a writer or something, that probably didn't pan out. Then we had Facebook. Facebook is, you know, in my opinion, dead completely. If you're under 30, Facebook bought Instagram, so I guess it depends on how you look at it, but I guess they're meta now. But now you have Instagram, and I think Instagram is following into that fashion. And if you're trying to be an influencer now, you're probably not going to make it because you're you're late. You're so late to the trend. But maybe you're passionate about being an influencer, and maybe that pays off. And I will say this. Going back to all those examples, the first one I said was MySpace. If you were very passionate about internet culture, if you were very passionate about music and sharing it with your, your bands, you might have been one of the few that succeeded because you, you weren't following a MySpace trend, you were following music and sharing it. And I think that that holds true. The point is you can't follow a trend because that trend will die. And the people that will succeed are um, the people in that field or platform or new technology that, that are passionate about it because they will make the right connections, they will get the right following that will follow them to the new technology. So, and yeah, I think, to Julia's point, I think people should follow what they're passionate about. If you're someone who makes pottery, for example, that that can't be an NFT, but if you're, let's say you, you're obsessed with making pottery, maybe make YouTube videos about pottery, and you, let's say YouTube dies, people will see your passion and whatever you're doing, and they will support you on whatever technology moves forward. So I think people get too caught up in following trends uh, because they're trends and the right spot is your trend will come I firmly believe that it might not be in a day it might not be in the next decade but if you continue what you're doing your time will 1000% come and that is the sermon I need to hear because I'm exactly in that point where you know I, I'm ready to invest my time and energy into something and I don't have something that Keegan talks about like a passion and so I'm trying to go back to that of like finding my passion and thinking about things that I do just for joy and not because anyone's watching or anyone will ever know about it like what are the things that I'm doing alone when no one's around or you know at the desert when um you know I didn't have social media we weren't watching tv we were just sitting there and like what where were our thoughts going and what were we drawn to and those are the moments that I want to seek out more of because that's how I feel like I'm gonna find something I'm passionate about and so I'm I'm kind of like in the pre-journey of that 
now with like my literal life do-over I feel like I've just kind of started from scratch which is terrifying at 30 years old but it's the only way forward that I know and I'm very well it's better I will say this it's better than being 60 and waking up and being like wow I gave my life this corporation they gave me a fucking birthday cake on my retirement so I mean I still think you're relatively young yeah that notion was dispelled for me I feel like my 20s taught me so much I like fully lived in my 20s I think I did so much in every direction to you know explore and find myself and see see what happened and I think I discovered a lot of a lot of things that needed to be looked at and to be changed throughout different relationships. Like I learned so much from every job and every relationship that I came across and it taught me about myself to where I am at this place now where I feel like I've confronted those things and, you know, literally learned the hard way. Basically, yeah, I, I learned those things the hard way um, throughout, you know, things that happen in life and Once you accumulate enough of those, I guess around the age of 30, then you kind of have a deeper realization and it, or, you know, something happens and it just kind of like all hits home and you kind of have that light bulb moment. Something happens to you enough times, you're going to remember it eventually. (laughs) So I think I'm just like at that point now. And, um, I went through my Saturn return, like during 2020, but actually, Will you explain Saturn return? I don't know. Yeah, Dick, it's about... this astrological event where basically yeah. every you know twenty nine ish, twenty eight to thirty years, um, you go through this transition. You time. being like any every human mm-hmm. on planet. Okay. Yeah, it's like an astrological event based on when you were born, that like causes a lot of like big shifts to happen in your life, and everyone has a different time or limit like some people's can last six months some people's can last a year it's really interesting that people have like different lengths and you can look it up and everything but mine my Saturn return my actual one that I looked up wasn't nearly as bad as like my the year following it which is really interesting and I talked to someone and they were like do you think that because of the pandemic it like offset everything that was supposed to happen or um, kind of pushed everything back in its timeline a little bit, which I thought was an interesting thought. I don't know if it works like that, but (laughs) yeah. So I can't really attest that like all of this was my Saturn return because technically my Saturn return was the year prior, but it definitely feels like a Saturn return and I am 30. So, and I just turned 30 in November. It's just been crazy, but I definitely have seen a lot of characteristics in Keegan that have taught me, that have taught me a lot, and I'm super grateful for them. And he is, you're a very special dude, man. Thanks. Yeah, well, yeah, to Julia's point, I will say it, it's, it, it is a blessing and a curse, as with everything in life. I mean, my drive, it's very exciting on the outside, and I'm sure most people that are highly ambitious or highly driven would agree. It, you know, it kind of stinks at times because sometimes you can't sleep because you're thinking about this thing. And then you can't sleep until you f- figure out that thing. So you're on your phone or you're on your computer researching that thing. And the, the point is everything, every single personality trait has pros and cons. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm so woo now that I think that 
Keegan's drive and lack of a stop button and the fact that he like never eats it like stresses me out so it's like i take on i eat i get tired by proxy and i get hungry by proxy of keegan because he's not doing either of those things and i do a lot of them it's so funny but um yeah he is truly obsessed with it for better or worse yeah and we all have our vices like Yep. You know, not every area of your life is perfect or anything like that. But. No, no one's is, yeah. I'm addicted to nicotine. That sucks, <laughs> but I am. <laughs> but, yeah. Julie and I talk about this. I've done research on nicotine. Because she was like, you can't marry me unless you stop smoking. And I said, well, okay. And so I stopped smoking and started vaping. And then Julie hated vaping. And I was like, okay. And then I <laughs> started using nicotine pouches. Because I did research and I was like, oh, nicotine's not really that bad. It's just like a strong upper like caffeine so yeah it's one of my downfalls so he's trying to convince me that nicotine's not bad for you i don't think it is let us know if you think it is i don't think it is i don't think it's bad but i don't think it's good either yeah i think it's neutral i think it's like having mm, a fair amount of coffee every day yeah this has been a good one who yeah it was good catching up I hope I don't sound too emo. Emo rules. <laughs> yeah, I hope I sound emo. Okay, well. Who knows what this will turn out like, but it was interesting. It was fun chatting. I think it's going to be great. Thanks for listening. We'll see you.